everyone, welcome back to Dom and Jimbo's Album Swap, uh, episode number 63. Um, in this episode, we've got two albums we're going to talk about and a recommendation from Daniel at the end of the episode. How are you mm. doing today? I'm doing alright. Yeah, and uh, the first recommendation was from my father over here. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was recommended last episode. Um, I don't think... No, I was gonna say, no, we never talked about a band that this person has been in. I thought we did. Yeah, I guess uh, we never. I, I've been thinking about recommending one of them. It's for, I, I guess it's kind of clear which one. But uh, Tom Morello is the guy we're talking about. Right. Um, it's more or less his first solo outing. He's done some other solo no, he, singles, um, didn't he? But he no, never he put out a whole album. album. Did he? he released the the first one was called. Um, the, just called the Atlas. What, what was the name of this album? I think it was just called uh, yeah, yeah just the Atlas Underground. Oh, and then this was called the Why Atlas Underground Fire. In his, oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. His album covers oh, are really weird. Had, he actually had two other albums. Really? Three? Yeah, I don't know. Wait, holy cow! I missed a bunch of them. Tom Morello, the Night Watchman. I'm seeing One Man Revolution. The Fabled City and Uniontown. And in the same year as Uniontown, it says Worldwide Rebel Songs. The Uniontown, everything, wait. Everything from 2011 and before is under the title Tom Morello, The Night Watchman. Oh. Hmm. But I, I don't know what that's about. If, oh, I'm, okay. if I remember correctly, The Atlas Underground was like his first solo album. Mm-hmm. And that that was pretty similar to this new one, where it was he was uh, collaborating with a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. the the one the, the ones on this one actually seem even more like like he's collaborating with a lot of rap artists mm-hmm. um, and stuff. Yeah, I mean a like, lot uh, of Vic Mensa and it's kind of kind of uh, Big Boy and Killer Mike. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's kind of. You know, a little bit. I mean, he also collaborates with, you know, Springsteen and Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Chris Stapleton, Bring Me the Horizon. So it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, I recall listening to some of that old other one Mm -hmm. um, and not liking it at all. (laughs) I guess I'll uh, I'll, I'll give my thoughts on this one, but you can introduce it. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously this is a fairly new album, so I don't have a ton of history with it. You know, I obviously have a lot of history with Tom Morello. He was... Uh, pretty a pretty instrumental uh, figure in the rock genres. Uh, whatever you, I don't know what you even consider Rage Against the Machine or even um, the one he did with Chris Cornell. Audio Slave. Audio Slave. I don't even know. Which, I mean, Audio Slave was pretty much straight ahead rock. Um, yeah. It was a little bit heavy, but not really, especially for those two guys coming from pretty heavy bands at the time. Um, it seemed very tame. Um, they call Rage Against the Machine rap metal a lot. Yeah, no, yeah. Because he is rapping some a lot of the time in it. Yeah. Um, and it is like kind of heavy. It's not that heavy, but it, it, it does get pretty heavy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's heavier than uh, Audio Slave for sure, if you ask me. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, yeah. So I don't have a ton of history with this album particularly, but like I said, I have a lot of history with Tom Morella. And um, also, you know, I listened to this album a couple times. I mostly liked it. There were a couple duds in there. Like I said, there was one terrible song in here, in my opinion. And, you know, and there was a few good ones and a few great ones, if you ask me. So, um, and like I said, I like the fact that he kind of um, 
collaborated with a pretty wide spectrum of musicians. You have a country guy in here, you have some rap, you have some some uh, rock and roll, and some even heavier stuff like the like the one with uh, Bring Me the Horizon. So you know, I think I, I like the fact that it's kind of all over the place. You know, it doesn't make yeah. for a cohesive sound for sure, but I think I like the I like a lot of the songs individually. So um, yeah, so that's my history and. Uh, Let's hear from let's hear from Dominic first. Let's get that out of the way because I have a feeling he didn't like it. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say this one. Well, I haven't listened to the other one in a while, but this one, from what I remember about the other one, is a big improvement on it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of songs that I liked. There's a lot of songs that I really didn't like too. Right. There's a lot of weird like EDM stuff at the end, mm-hmm. like dubstep. Right. Uh, sort of stuff like on the last track and um I think the track Charmed I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh that song like yeah. has a weird like dubstep outro on it. Yeah. Which is weird. Like <laughs> I don't know a lot of people on this album. Like I don't know I've never heard a proto hype yeah, before. I've never heard a proto hype. Sama Sama Abdulati, whatever that, that has it. Sounds familiar. I don't yeah. know who that is though. Um yeah, there was uh mm, I, I really didn't like the one with Mike Posner either. Um, Who was he again? He. I thought he was, was a singer. He was really popular in the 2000s. He made like a really famous song. I don't remember what it's called. I thought he was um, a singer of another band, but I don't he know. He might be. be wrong. I know. Oh, cooler than me. That was that song is really popular. Oh, okay. In like the 2000s, I think okay. maybe not even that long ago. It might have just been like the early 2010s. Yeah. Yeah, it was in 2010. Um Cooler Than Me. I took a pill in Ibiza. I don't know. But yeah, Cooler Than Me is a song that I know uh, he was really popular from. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. He's like mostly a rapper, I think. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't really know anything about him. But that that his voice is something that always really annoys me. Oh, yeah? And he's like, he's not he's not rapping on that song. He's like kind of singing on it almost. Mm-hmm. Which is really just not it, in my opinion. Which is um, like what a lot of rappers, I'm not saying a lot, but there are some rappers that tend to try and do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, you'll hear, I mean, I hate his guts, but you'll hear Kid Rock do that a lot. You'll hear, um, who's the other guy I was thinking of before that, that kind of tries to sing a lot? Post Malone does too, but he's... Yeah. I mean, he's I'd kinda, say he's almost... He's like, kind of morphed into kind of a singer anyway. Yeah. I and mean, he does kind I'd of say rap, he's, but... he's like as much a pop artist now as he is like a rapper. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, Harlem Hellfighter, that was just kind of an, like an intro song almost. Mm-hmm. Um, Highway to Hell, I don't have that much to say about that. Like, it was just a cover. Um, that's was, the one I was... okay, I guess. Yeah, like, that, no, actually, in my opinion, that's the one I was joking about last weekend. That's the dud on it. I hate this song. Yeah, I remember you actually, I think it was a single before this album yeah. came out, and you heard it, and you were like, Tom Morello did a cover of Highway to Hell with... Um, uh, Bruce Springsteen and Eddie Vedder, and it sucks. Yeah, I do not like it. It's just, and even like the original ACDC version is like kind of mad to me. And he, I, yeah. a lot of ACDC is mad to me. They only have, I'll say, maybe three or four songs in their entire long ass catalog that I kind of like. But yeah, they took a mad song and made it even more mad and really actually annoying. I can't stand Bruce's voice on this song. Yeah, He's trying too hard. That's not like, you know, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, something about the production. I don't know yeah. if it's just Bruce Springsteen doesn't sound as good. Right. And Eddie Vedder doesn't sound as good. Or if it's yeah. just 
the production makes them sound worse. This is just a Tom Morello like I think it's a mixture of like both. fanboying project because yeah. you know Springsteen and Vetter are I mean you know Eddie Vetter is more of a Eddie Vetter is more of a contemporary of his than Springsteen. But still, I mean, I think he has a lot of uh, love for those two guys, and I think he just wanted to do something with them. Yeah, and then let's get the party started. I don't know. It it was just kind of... Uh, I didn't really enjoy it that much. I don't like Bring Me the Horizon, like, at all, really. Mm-hmm. Um, just to put one in here, um, that's this song, I was surprised. I actually like this song, and I'm surprised because I don't like Bring Me the Horizon. But it had a cool... I don't know. It had a cool effect on me. I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it sounded kind of cool. But yeah, that's fine if you didn't like it. But then yeah. uh, driving to Texas, I actually really like that mm-hmm. song. Um, I don't know what it. Is. I mean, it was like uh, I, it seems like artists that I seem to like. I haven't heard much of Fantagram, mm-hmm. but she is generally. I, I think I like her stuff. Yeah. Um, and the one, yeah, that one, which was, it, it was surprising how, like, slow and sort of meditative it was. Mm. And the production was actually, like, pretty good. Like, it wasn't just her. Like, it was actually, like, the rest of the stuff, which mm. is why it's, like, I think it's a much better song on this album. And um, the one with Chris Stapleson, too, I enjoyed. Uh, the yeah. War Inside. I'm not a huge country fan either, but I like Chris Stapleton in general. Yeah, I like Chris Stapleton. I like his voice. I like I've, the passion in his voice. I've uh, considered uh, recommending his last album that he put out, I think, in 2020. Yeah, um, I forget. I think it's called like Starting Over. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to it when it came out in 2020, and it was really, really good. Right. Um, yeah, Starting Over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then after that, the Achilles list is okay. Um, you skipped a couple, but okay. Why? Well, okay, yeah. Hold the line is. Um, I don't. I. I. It's kind of the same thing as Let's Get the Party Started, where I don't really like the artist that he's collaborating with. And I don't know. It's a little bit better than that song, in my opinion. But it, um, I just don't. I'm not a big fan of m- m- a lot of the stuff that's going on mm-hmm. in that song. And Naraka, Naraka, I talked about already. I didn't like that song. Yeah. Um, the Achilles list is okay. Night Witch, Night Witch, I thought was I kind of liked. I don't know who Femme is, um, but I kind of like that song. Charmed, I'm sure was okay and then there was a weird dubstep outro which kind of threw me off (laughs) save our souls um yeah it didn't really have much of an effect on me either and then the shore of eternity was weird it was like a weird electronic song mostly Mm -hmm. um and it was like really long right and i kind of liked parts of it but it was just so long and so like off-putting in a way uh it's hard to like fully take it in and enjoy it right but overall it i was i did like it more than i thought i would mm-hmm. um especially from the cover like the cover of both of these albums are so bad to me for some reason <laughs> the first one is even weirder because it's like a hippo with angel wings mm-hmm. and then this one is like a an elephant but its ears are butterfly wings i don't know what's going on <laughs> and it's just it's so weird. I think I would enjoy this album at least marginally more if there was a much better cover associated with it. <laughs> but, you know, there there are some... I think he collaborated with the better artists on this one. Even, like, Bring Me the Horizon and Grandson, I, I like more than some of the people he was collaborating with on the other album. Right. Um, but, yeah, not, still not really my thing. I don't know what it is about Tom Morello. I think he, he works better with, like, 
better song structures. I always, I think he's kind of overrated as a guitarist in general. Like people point him as like one of the best guitarists ever. A yeah, lot. Well, of he time. created a sound, and that he, was he definitely unique, did. So. And I get that, but in act, in I don't know. I do really love Rage Against the Machine too, but I think it's just all of that together, like him and Zach De La Rocha and like all of the other like songwriting and and stuff that went into it, and the bass too. The bass in um, uh, Rage Against the Machine. I forget the bass's name, but uh, I don't want to talk too much about Rage Against the Machine. But that I really love that right. um, aspect of it. But yeah, I'd give it like a C plus. I think. Okay. Uh, overall, it was more when I didn't like it. It was more like indifference than mm-hmm. like really it being really bad most of the time. Right. Um, and when I liked it, like driving to Texas, I actually think is a really great song. Mm. Um, and it, it's weird because it doesn't fit with the album at all. But yeah, this is yeah. definitely like an individual song album. It's yeah, not, it almost it's feels not like, like an a, experience. It at almost all. feels like a compilation in that way. Yeah, like it doesn't feel like a full album. It just feels like random collaborations project yeah uh, you know but whatever uh so i like the know. um actually sorry to put it i like the one with grandson actually i just to add that yeah. i don't know why uh, it was again something i didn't think i would like so much but i don't know it just kind of grabbed me it kind of it, it was interesting at the very least whether it was a great song or not i don't know but i don't know it was a very interesting song to listen to i thought i haven't heard very much from grandson besides that one song mm. that was like really popular Right. Um, that was also in the Suicide Squad movie recently. Yeah, I actually looked that up and saw that. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, there, Daniel. What do you think about the Atlas Underground Fire? I think it was a really interesting album. Um, I like, I like, you know, the whole thing of what's going on here. That, you know, sort of older artists. I don't remember when Rage Against the Machine was really. I get. They started mid, mid, mid to, to late nineties. Yeah, yeah, mid to late nineties. Yeah. Um, that like these older artists are you know, kind of collaborating. And I know, like, some of them are old. Some of the people he's collaborating with are, like, older artists like Bruce Springsteen and Eddie Vedder. But, you know, I do, you know, there, he is collaborating with, like, younger artists, like, you know, pretty much the rest of the, I don't, I don't really know any of these people. Damian Marley, I'm, that's Bob Marley's son. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the only reason I know who that is. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy, like, these older artists kind of making these collaborative albums. Mm-hmm. It's a thing I've really enjoyed over the last few years. And right. I really think it's, like, I think it is, like, a last few years kind of thing. Like, really, since the mid to late 2000, 2010s, mm-hmm. I feel like you know, the older artists who maybe are starting to realize that their time is not, is coming to an end soon. Um, they, they start to, you know, collaborate with the newer artists and, you know, just to see like what the new generation of music is like. And yeah, I find that really awesome in a way. Right. Um, it's kind of always happened though through the years. Yeah. And I know you wouldn't know that so much because of your age, but like I remember, like like back in the day, like I remember Sinatra putting out an album with like all younger people, like uh, Bono from U two, mm-hmm. who's now considered an older generation, but you know he did it in like the eighties when Bono was pretty pretty young. Um, yeah, and there's always been that kind of thing happening. Maybe I, I think you're I, probably right in the fact that it's happening 
Maybe a little more often now. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, you know, it, it's just starting to get to that point where, like, the mid to late 90s is a nostalgia period. Yeah. yeah. Instead of, like, oh, that was a few years ago. Paul McCartney's been doing that, like, his entire his life. His entire life, yeah. Like, he did it with Michael Jackson. Yep. He did it with Kanye West, like, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Which is funny. Now he did that song. Not, not now, but... Yeah, now he, did, now he did, like, a whole album of it. Pretty yeah, much. yeah. Elton like, John. Like this, kind of. Elton John does it a lot, too. Elton yeah. John's not doing it Elton John's doing well it even more now. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say Elton John's not doing very I think well he's actually it. putting out an album, too, soon. Elton John. Really? Filled yeah. with, like, collaborations with other people. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I find I find that really interesting, and I think it's really cool that they're, they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um... So as far as music goes, I don't really hate Highway to Hell that much. Their Highway to Hell cover that much. I don't think. It I think it's a generational thing with me, and I, yeah. t- I can see someone listening to it with fresh ears might not dislike it so much. But yeah, it's yeah. to me. I don't know. I don't. I don't like it. But that's cool that you like it. Like I'm glad it grabbed someone. I don't someone, but like it. Right. But I don't like think it was Highway terrible. to Hell either. Right. Uh, yeah. But uh, I. I thought the song you were going to say was the big dud was Naraka. That song was... I don't know what was going on there. I really didn't... I didn't hate that song. Like, I, it was mad to me. It was middle of the road to me. Yeah. I, I could understand the merit behind it. I just... it's I don't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's Get the Party Started was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Driving to Texas was great. Mm-hmm. That's a really good song. It's probably the best song on the album. The War Inside, yeah, that was that was pretty good. The Ach- I like the Achilles List. Um, that was one of my that was one of my favorite songs on the album. Okay. Um, Night Witch, I don't remember that song very much, honestly. Yeah, so it didn't uh, grab you early. No, Charmed, I'm sure it was kind of weird, but like in a in a cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I kind of like the dubstep bit, and I. I feel like it's because I never. I think it's just. I think Dominic doesn't like dubstep, and that's not necessarily. I just think Tom Morello doesn't do it very well. Yeah, I, I don't know if you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you hate dub. I, don't know I feel like Tom Morello doesn't have any. I mean, I don't. I, I'm not gonna act like I love dubstep, but I think there's. I don't think there's zero merit in dubstep. Yeah. Um, but t- I think Tom Morello just doesn't have much a taste. For dubstep either but he's just doing it because i don't know i will st- i will say dubstep i feel like dubstep got like a really bad reputation yeah it did in like the mid and there was a lot of terrible dubstep happening in like the early but, 2010s i feel like everyone was like Ew, before dubstep. i mean dubstep has been around even a while before that but yeah. it just got like a weird like uh spike. second wind i got yeah like a spike yeah. Especially in like internet popularity, yeah, and like and like in popular music, I think because of Skrillex, yeah, and also because it was like a lot of it was like free domain, wasn't it? No, that's what I mean. That's what started happening because a lot of it was just electronic music in general. Yeah, there there was a lot of like crappy like EDM that was like uh, sort of made like by random artists that were free domain. For people to use on YouTube, so that's another. I think that's another reason why it got so even more popular was because a lot of little kids started listening to it because all like the YouTubers were using it in their videos. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I yeah, that song was okay. It was kind of weird. I didn't really. 
it didn't, especially after um, the last few songs, I don't feel like it really fit. Mm. Um, but yeah, like you said, this is more of like a compilation of mm. songs mixed together. So I guess it's fine. Oh, I missed Hold the Line. I liked Hold the Line. Mm. Um, Save Our Souls. Yeah, I didn't really like that song. No. Um, on the Shore of Eternity, I thought that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. It was. It was kind of. See, the first song and the last song both, you know, kind of seemed like they were just there to close out and open up the album. Mm -hmm. You know, sort of open up your ears. Right. Right. Get ready for the music mm -hmm. and close down your ears. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, just I. Yeah, I feel like I feel like an end, a good ending song kind of brings you down. From like the high that the album got you on, mm -hmm. um, and I feel like those songs really do that well. Right. I, I've had a lot of albums on this podcast that it's just like the I, I didn't like the opening or I didn't like the ending. But yeah, I think I think that's one of the really strong elements of this album that it had a really strong opening and a really strong ending. Mm -hmm. um, so I give it a straight B. Okay. Um, Driving to Texas is really good. Yeah. that He had one super great song on this album, and a, a bunch, I'd say a few pretty good songs, a bunch of, a, a few mass songs, and maybe like one bad song. Okay. On here. Right. And overall, that's a good album. Yeah, oh, I'm happy with it be, man. Definitely. Pretty good. All right, so, yeah, so our next album, which was um, given to us by Dominic over here to listen to was the artist, I guess artists, Mad Villain, um, with their album Mad Villainy. Yeah. Uh, so, um, give us a little background on this one. So, yeah, um, I've recommended MF Doom before. Um, he's a very, uh, he's very influential. And I kind of wanted to, like, sort of communicate that in, in, in sort of a way, and, like, the way he was influential. I recommended Mmm Food last time, which um, sort of used to be my favorite album from him. This album is a lot different than that, in my opinion. That album is a bit more, like, long-winded almost, uh, and I think even more, like, abstract. This album... Mm, I, I, this album is a lot... This album is a lot jazzier. It's a lot smoother. Um, and it features uh, Mad Lib production, which I think is almost like part of like that sort of influential type of hip hop at the time. Mad Lib is super like important uh, in the scene of hip hop, in my opinion. Even if I don't think he's like perfect, like a lot of people think he does, I think he is, or even this album. Like a lot of people think this album is like the perfect hip hop album, um, which you know I think it's really great. I don't think it's perfect. Um, I mean I don't think anything is perfect, but even that I don't even think this is like the mo the greatest hip hop album that has ever existed, but it certainly it certainly has a ton of merit. And I I used to not really get it as much, but I have like sort of realized why people think it's so amazing, and I've sort of thought that myself. There's some am I I think the the part of this that is like the best is like the instrumentals and the sampling. Uh, MF Doom himself. I think is sort of an acquired taste. His his rhyme scheme is usually what people point to as being like, that's amazing. That that is what you have to give props to. And yeah, I mean his rhyme scheme. If you like, if you like, watch videos on YouTube about like 
you know, rhymes highlighted uh, in a song like Meat Grinder, then you can see sort of how, like, complicated and, like, out there his his rhyme scheme is and how, like, kind of impressive it is. But, um, you know, you don't have to, like, enjoy that, I guess. Like, I feel like a lot of people think there's, like, some objective meter for writing music a lot of the time. And, um... I just don't think that's the case. But I guess on, a, on an objective level, he's a really good rapper. Um, mm. And I personally find his, like, storytelling abilities, like, on a song like Meat Grinder or um, Curls or, like, Figaro, um, anything, really. Uh, Rhinestone Cowboy, too. Um, like, just amazing. Like, the storytelling uh his storytelling abilities are amazing like the way and it's but it's sort of hard to follow almost because he's just like rhyming 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 um and you sort of don't even realize that he's saying anything almost it's hard to like communicate that but um yeah um yeah i don't know if there's anything else to say about this yeah, uh, I just think it's it's a really great influential hip hop album, um, one of the great, best like collaborations of all time. Uh, yeah, I think I'll go to Daniel first. What did you think about Mad Villainy? Yeah, I mean, I love this album like from from the jump. I I just mm-hmm. bought it on CD. Um, yeah, not too long ago. Um, yeah, I actually remember that well after I recommended it that you had probably like heard it before. And yeah, I just I think it's great. I don't think it's the best hip hop album that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's also because I have, even though I love hip hop culture and love hip hop in general, and you know all the stuff that comes along with that. Yeah. Um, I barely scratched the surface. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know if this is the best hip-hop album that's ever been created, because I'm not even knee-deep in it yet. I'm not even knee-deep in listening to all the hip-hop I can yet. But, yeah, I think this is a great album. I think, uh... I don't think there's an objective lens that you can view music on, but I think rapping can sometimes be more of an objective thing. You cannot like the way someone raps, but I think I can always be impressed if someone raps well. Um, If someone knows how to rap and knows how to put together a really (coughs) smooth-feeling rhyme scheme. That's why why I'm saying about Eminem sometimes. I feel like, you know, you, you cannot like Eminem. You can think his music sucks, and so and a bu- and a lot of the time it does. Um, but I think you have to sort of give him credit when it comes to rap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it comes to his rap structure and his rapping abilities, the fact that he can put together a freestyle out of nowhere, no matter how weird it might be, sometimes, yeah, I think is impressive. The thing about Eminem that I, I this might be a little bit of a tangent, but the thing about Eminem I've realized that I hate about him is not just his like lyricism which has gotten a lot worse um but like the thing is like his lyricism hasn't gotten that much worse so i didn't really know what it was it's like that staccato thing where he goes like "Eh, eh, 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 eh," you know what i'm saying like uh that thing where i feel like 
he's he's doing that like weird robot thing, and I don't know why he's doing that. On, he's, like his new song. He's trying to flex. Is what he's doing. But uh, that's like a flow thing. It's like I'm not talking about his lyrics. I'm talking about his like his flow yeah. on his songs. Like what I don't know what he's doing that like sort of like robot staccato thing for where it's like. You mean like when he raps, he goes. Yeah, like kind of like that. Yeah, I don't know how to. I don't know how to. I think the point of that is supposed to be him saying something like, "Oh, I rap so well, I'm like a robot." Yeah, but he keeps doing like if it was just for like five seconds on the rap god song where he says, "I'm a rap bot." Yeah, fine. Well, but I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I'm pretty sure it's some sort of flex. I feel like he just. It's, like, lazy. Either that or he doesn't know how to put together a song anymore, which is possible. I don't know. But, yeah, just... Because I think Eminem's lost it, personally. uh, Eminem. We talk about Eminem enough on this podcast. Yeah. MF Doom, I think even if you don't like him or even if you don't like his voice Mm -hmm. or the way he raps... I think you have to be impressed with it. Um, I mean, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to, but I think if you really know what's going on... Yeah, I think a lot of people... I think that's something that... You would probably appreciate it. Yeah, it's generally like appreciated by everybody, even if they don't like MF Doom. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he, he can like do that, which a lot of people... I mean, it takes talent to do that, to be able to... like. You know, like, I can't do that on a way. Even if I have, like, the lyrics in front of me, I can't rap like MF Doom does. Yeah. It's and just it, like you can't sing, like, fucking, like, Mariah Carey on a whim. Right. You know? You, like, your voice just doesn't go and into that can, range. And, and you, you probably can, should do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you can, and you can train your vocal range to maybe get close to that or get closer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you can do that with, like, MF Doom. Even she can't um, do that stuff anymore. She, yeah. Like, a lot of people... There's uh, a lot yeah, of, and it, a lot of it has to do with age, Yeah, too, a but. lot of artists that can do some, like, amazing shit in their youth. Like, um, a lot of artists will say, like, I didn't do that stuff when I was young because it, it kills your voice. Mm-hmm. It's really hard, yeah. you know? Like, this is a way opposite example. But Phil Ensemble from Pantera, he used to be... In the beginnings of Pantera, like, their first two albums, probably three, maybe... He could hit some wicked high notes, but yeah. he, he just started smoking so much dope that he oh, couldn't yeah. do it after, like, four or five years of the band, you know, after those albums were out, let's say. And that's why so, a lot of pop singers yeah. are like that, too, because they, yeah. I mean, they do other stuff, but they don't do stuff that affects their uh, throat as much. Yeah, yeah. They, and just, you do, know, they just do cocaine hate, and Just coke, yeah. Yeah, I hate to talk about him again. But it could be like the reason Eminem's burned out because you know you can't do that forever. Well, I think Possibly. rapping. I think rapping is different. Uh, rapping is a lot more of like a. Oh. It's a lot more of like a what's like a time signature thing mm-hmm. and a timing thing. Like, I think in rap, the only thing you can really lose is your um, stamina. Yeah, like yeah. your you know your yeah. Your, it takes a lot of breath. Yeah, yeah. Your what am I thinking of? Like cardio. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's possible he lost that, and yeah. that's what MF Doom eventually. He got he got kind of sick later in his uh, career, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so he stopped rapping as much, yeah. and he uh, it, it, he there's there was sort of a posthumous thing that came out recently, which was a collaboration with him and uh, 
a guy named Czarface, uh-huh. um, which was our second collaboration, but it was released posthumously after MF Doom's death. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you listen to that and you hear MF Doom on it, it's very much like, yeah, he's not, he doesn't sound the same as he did on this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he sounds older, but he just can't do like the same stuff yeah. that he could, Yeah, which, you know, is understandable and sad um, because I don't know what he died from. It's It's one of like a few things it's it's either like drugs and or he co- he committed suicide or uh he he got coronavirus that's the way it seemed like from like the way his his like sort of press team talked about it mm-hmm. like it was something that they didn't really want to talk about which makes me think it's like drugs slash suicide related mm. um especially since his son died uh, in the last 10 I don't remember I think it was in like 2015 or something mm-hmm. his uh, his son passed away but wow. yeah that, enough sad shit <laughs> this, this was all before that so you don't have to feel bad for him on this album yeah yeah um, so yeah Daniel needs to wrap up what he thinks about yeah I, I, I enjoy a lot of stuff on this album yeah anything like, in terms of like favorite or release favorite songs my favorite's obviously all caps but yeah. um, I like Meat Grinder uh I like Money Folder, Hardcore mm. Hustle, Strange Ways, Rhinestone Cowboy. I enjoy all those songs. If I had to pick a least favorite, might be Accordion. Yeah. I don't love that song. But yeah, yeah, just like overall, I think this is a great, well-put-together hip-hop album. Um, Mad Lib, I, again, I don't know a whole lot about that kind of stuff. I don't look very much into the production of the albums I enjoy and I should probably I should probably do that more because it's very interesting whenever I do but yeah so I don't know any I don't know anything about Mad Lib productions or whatever yeah I mean he's just been he's been around for like a he, he's been around for a while too um probably I think even I think since like 1999 and um yeah he's wrapped under a different a lot of different names too uh, he, he's produced a few instrumental albums, I think, under his own name, and he does uh, a lot more rapping under the name Quasimodo, which actually shows up on this album on the song America's Most Blended. Mm-hmm. Where, um, yeah, I like and in Quasimodo, he has like two different like personalities um, that he raps as, which you can hear on the song America's Most Blended, which is one of my favorite songs. And I love that song yeah, and like, like the dynamic between MF Doom and then Quasimodo, who shows up. And, like, the two different personalities, which is sort of, like, one of them is just sort of Mad Lib's normal voice, I think, and the other one is, like, a high-pitched version of him. And I just love, like, that ending part of, the like, that last verse of that song where Quasimodo shows up. Something about, like, the dynamic between the two voices is just, like, and the production with it is, like, amazing. Yeah, because M- MF Doom has kind of, uh, like, a, like, a softer, not a softer, He has a lot like, deeper. Yeah, deeper, kind of calmer voice. Yeah. And then you have that dude who's like, yeah, that's just that's just Mad Lib, but um, like pitch shifted higher. Yeah. So um, yeah, I like America's Most Blended too. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I just I really enjoy this album. I'm gonna give it an A plus. Really? Damn. Yeah. Really? I really love this album. Cool. Was that the second? Yeah, it's the second. It's just purple the second. Rain, Purple Rain got purple an A plus, mm-hmm. and this. Okay. Wow. Awesome. Um, All right. Oh, so, so what do you think about Mad Villainy? Um, it's a pretty good album. 
that's where I landed on the overall. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it, it's so weird because I, the way MF Doom raps and his whole style and everything on this album seems to me like it, I should like it more, but I just don't as much as I thought I would listening to it. Yeah. And I don't think I gave his other album a great review either. Like, it wasn't terrible, but it, it was, was like a B or something. Was it a B? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is probably going to land somewhere in the same range. Um, I see more, I see better production on this album, and maybe that's the Mad Lib portion of it, or them together making yeah. a better sound. The sound overall is definitely better than the other MF Doom I listened listen to. And there were definitely some songs that were really good, don't get me wrong. Uh, Meat Grinder was really good. America's Most Blunted was very good. That was a really interesting song. I definitely yeah. like that. And that's the thing. It took me on like a roller coaster ride, kind of, in the fact that, like, if you're listening to it from beginning to end, which I usually do, it was like, it started off, eh, then it got good, then it got eh, then it got good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think there was anything I hated on this. I'm just looking down. I actually liked Fancy Clown a lot. Yeah, I don't know I, why. I really like that song. That's an interesting song too. I don't know who Victor Vaughn is, but that's um, a that, that's another one of MF Doom's personality. It's, oh, it, it, is? it gets confusing because he has like four, I think, different names. He I think maybe just like three. Right. Uh, being like Victor, uh, MF Doom, obviously Victor Vaughn and King Ghidorah. Mm. Yeah. Um, which are all just names he raps under. Right. Um, yeah, and then I liked I liked the end of the album, um, probably from all caps through the Rhinestone Cowboy. Um, I thought the album ended very well. I didn't think it began very great. I didn't like the first couple songs. I know one of them was kind of like an interlude more, or like a yeah. start off. Like, I, is the Illis Villain? Like, the Illis Villains is just kind of an intro. An intro, yeah, that's yeah, what I was getting it, at. Um, which I, I actually really like that mm-hmm. uh, intro. It's just like the two, the two biggest super villains in town. Are uh, coming together to form a superpower. It's yeah, just like, it, it's like a just a hype intro. To it's a cool and it, concept. Uh, int- introduces the theme really well. Yeah, of like you know, sort of old like comic book type of stuff. And yeah, uh, and there's a lot of that through cartoons. this, like that old style guy talking, you know, from the depths of the you know. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool. I, I I dig that uh, that that uh, vibe through the whole thing. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all of the songs I loved. And like I said, nothing came out. I, I wouldn't say anything was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to land around the same spot at a B on this album. Um, I, it's just, like I said, it's really weird that I think like a lot of the stuff he does should be better, should sound better to me, but it falls mm-hmm. short. And I don't know if it's like I have a higher expectation or if it's just that that's where my yeah. you know music choice lies. I, but... I genuinely think this album would be a lot more perfect if it was if some of the songs were expanded, and also the track list was cut down a little bit. Because mm-hmm. like the thing about this album is, uh, it's almost like some like some of the songs are so short, like barely any of the songs are over three minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think that provides a lot of um, room for like misses, but when there are misses, you kind of gloss over them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about this album, I think it's better in the way that it's better than, or I, even in the way I thought you guys would like it more than M Food is like, M Food is a lot more like abstract in my opinion, mm-hmm. and I think this album is a lot like cleaner, cleaner produced. Yeah, 
I agree. And a lot more, like, it focuses almost, even though the other album is, even though the other album is just a straight up solo MF Doom album, um, it focuses, this album even focuses more on MF Doom, I think, in my opinion, and his just rapping and storytelling and stuff. And you can hear a lot more of his, like, wordplay. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to preface it. Like, this album is seen as such, like, if there was an album in the last 20... There are a few albums in the last 20 years that I think have sort of been, like, already seen as classics now. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them, mm-hmm. where it's, like, people who are really into music see this album, like, like hip-hop version of, like, Abbey Road or something, or, like, you know, Dark Side of the Moon, or right. like one of those albums where it's, like, so huge... Where when you listen to it, it's like, oh, this should be the greatest album I've ever heard in my life. And then that's kind of what I went into it with the first time. And I was like, this isn't all that. Um, And it sort of took, that's why it sort of took time to grow on me. So that's why I sort of wanted to introduce it. Like, it doesn't matter if you don't like it. Like, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. That's sort of what I want to take away from like a lot of music. Um, Which just frustrates me about a lot of music criticism. Because it feels like a lot of people go into it like... Oh, there's this like sort of set of rules I have to look at music with, mm-hmm. and this stuff is good and this stuff is bad. But like at the end of the day, even within their own like rating system, there's no like objectivity. It feels like, and right. I feel like if more people realize that, <laughs> they'd just be like happier. And I think there's a way you can object, you can subjectively rate music um, through your own opinion. And just sort of tell, like, tell people that, and, you know, some people, if they want to listen to you, you can just, like, recommend it, um, to go listen to it, because you personally think this artist deserves more recognition, or you personally think this is, like, a great work of art. But to, like, sort of be like, this is, there are, like, objective ways, and this album is objectively bad, and this album is objectively good and a masterpiece... You can objectively look at it like this album did influence like a whole inter- uh, generation of hip hop, but you know that doesn't mean it's good. Right. So mm. and yeah. you know in a way like if it did influence that, like that like you can still think that other stuff is good because in a way it's sort of building upon that, and you could think it's like an improvement on this style. So yeah. you know. That's sort of a little tangent, but yeah. Um, so, do we have like our recommendations and stuff? No? I don't mind. I don't know. Uh, Daniel, you got yours? Yep. Uh, we'll let you go first since you're the guest. Little, poor, little guy going first. <laughs> you go first. No, go first. No, man. you go first. It's your special day, kid. <laughs> this is what I deal with, people. <laughs> um, Alright, so I've recommended. Not this guy, but a band he's in on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can probably guess what I'm talking about. I don't. Uh, I kind of sure have, but I'll see if I'm right. Uh, Phil Collins. Yep. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I'm going to recommend... I don't actually know when this album came out. Oh, 1982. Yeah, that's okay. what I... I thought it was 1981 for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 1982... His 1982 album, uh, Hello, I Must Be Going, okay. um, which is an odd name for an album. I do I do concede that. Um, it's okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, I, I, I heard 
I, I'll, I could probably give my history with it maybe later. But yeah, I just think, I think this is like a really solid album of like sort of 80s power ballads. So, That's fair. yeah. Is You Can't Hurry Love a uh, cover of the yeah. Supreme Yeah, the song. Supreme song, yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll talk about all that next week. Uh, so, what are you guys going to recommend? Um, my recommendation comes also from the 80s, but a little later in the 80s, 1988. And I had a little trouble deciding between two of this band's albums, but I definitely chose this one because going through the song list, I was like, yeah, this, this is just a better album. It had two of their mainstream hits on it. Uh, they had a couple of hits outside this album, too. But um, pretty much considered like a very big influential band in like... Uh, what would you call it? Like, like not underground, but like... Well, anyway, I don't know what to say, but I'm gonna... They were a very influential band, and a lot of bands today and over the last 20 years would say they were a pretty big influence. So I'm gonna recommend 1988's album Nothing Shocking by Jane's Addiction. Okay. Um, I love this album. I always have. Uh, it had two of their hit songs on it, uh, Mountain Song and uh, Jane Says. Um, yeah. But... Uh, I like Ritual De Lo, De Lo Habitual, too, which was the album before this uh, that had... Uh, oh, no, it was the album after this. Yeah, it was the album after this, which had uh, probably their biggest hit, which was uh, Been Caught Stealing. But um, I like I liked, uh, Nothing Shocking like yeah. probably a lot better than I, that album. Yeah. So. I think I've heard a couple of songs off of this. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, but so yeah, I'm interested to hear that. Nothing Shocking by Jane's Addiction from 1988. Yeah. So I'm going to go with a bit of a newer one. This time, I think it's uh, it's from 2019. Um, it's an album by the artist Faye Webster. So F-A-Y-E uh, W-E-B-S-T-E-R um, The album Atlanta Millionaires Club. Um, this one is a it's a bit of a softer album in my opinion. It's a bit of a more, it's a bit of a slower one. It's got some sort of like country and jazz influences on it. It's uh, an album I've been really into this year. Um, it has some really great songwriting on it. It's very lovesick in a way. So, uh, yeah. And I really love the cover, too, which is just... Um, now you're going to make me uh, the cover. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have to. It's um, She has a handful of ch- uh, those like chocolate coins, mm-hmm. and they're melting into her mouth, which is sort of disgusting in a way, but I just really enjoy it for some reason it's really like aesthetically color wise pleasing in a way but um yeah so atlanta millionaires club by faye webster is my um recommendation for this week all right so tune in next week we'll have uh faye webster's um atlanta millionaires club we'll have um daniel's pick phil collins uh, hello, I must be going. Yes. And my pick of uh, Jane's Addictions, um, nothing shocking. Yeah. So, so tune in next week and uh, catch it all and give a listen to these albums. Yeah. See you later. See later. you later. <laughs>